Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. The 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. And we're back with another episode of the Western Rookie Podcast, the podcast for trying to help you understand how to hunt the West. And I'm really excited because today I've got Brendan with Scout to Hunt. I'd say Scout to Hunt is the only shed hunting, dedicated shed hunting app on the market. Is that is that true, Brendan? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And the listeners obviously know that I was just in New Mexico shed hunting. I think we talked about it for about 10 episodes straight. We were so excited. And I used I used Scout to Hunt exclusively the entire time we were there. It was phenomenal. I did not know until we got back that I had 3D mapping at my fingertips <laughs> and I didn't even use it. Because all of the other apps, um, the fall apps, you have to download 3D maps like ahead of time. And I never do because they eat up so much memory. And then you're like, no, you got 3D maps all the time with Scout to Hunt. You just got to use two fingers and slide. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would have been so great to have. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's pretty simple on the, on the Scout to Hunt app. Um, and that's online and, and offline. So, Yeah, that was a big one. But we used it. I mean, we used the heck out of the the – I don't know what the, what you call it, but the track width, you know, how you can set your width yeah, for like, view. yeah, for gridding. Cause we would find like, we, you know, we kind of struggled to find Browns. We found a lot of whites and chalks, but when we would find a Brown, like we wanted to like grid and try to find the match. Yeah. And so that's where I was really like looking at the, the track width and trying to figure out like, if I walked this line, where have I not walked? And we actually did end up matching. Uh, we'd actually matched a couple sets using that. Really? Yeah. That's great to hear. That's yeah. awesome. I'm actually really surprised um, that you were able to, uh, well, understand the, the value of that feature. Uh, it's kind of like a, a hidden gem. And, and some of it's, uh, you know, on part of our, our fault where we haven't fully, um, you know, explained what that is. Um, but we had some feedback early on from, from uh, our architects, our, our inside, you know, testers, beta testers that, that help us out. Um, to create that feature or to create something for gridding that accounted for your, your field of view, your vision, depending yeah. on where you what terrain you're in, you know? So if you're in, you know, flat sagebrush where you have a large field of view, when you're gridding, you, you don't want to be walking, you know, back and forth with, you know, two or three feet, uh, you know, in between each grid line, right. You want to kind of spread that out because you're, you're able to view out farther. And we wanted something to represent that, that to scale in the app and so that's what the field of view uh, options are where you know if you're in flat open area you can open that to represent you know 40 feet of field of view and add that you know you can see that on your map so you're gridding um you know within a a, a rate i guess or you know a distance that makes sense rather than just kind of walking over your tracks and over the same spots over and over again and uh, allow you to track that on your map and so if you're in a, you know, a, you know, an area where you're in the cedars or whatever, and your field of view is, is minimal, you know, you keep it down to the, the 10 foot yeah. to scale field of view on your map. Uh, Cause you know, you're obviously going to want to keep those grids tighter um, knowing that a shed could be just on the other side of a cedar or a pinion or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's really exciting that you were able to put that to use and, and find some, some match sets. Oh yeah. I found one 
we had a, a really nice, it was a hard white. Well, half was hard white because he dropped it in like a canyon, like in between like three huge boulders, like 30 foot boulders. And oh, he yeah. was laying in there. And then I started using, I was like looking at the app and then the other side was out in the sun. So it got a little bit more hard white, but, and then my buddy found a brown and then we matched it up actually like 400 yards away. And we were all like looking at the maps cause we were in great sign, but ironically when i started like learning that it's not only that it was available that that you could switch it from 1020 and was a 1020 40 yep yeah yep. i'm like oh i'm gonna be using this food plot and back home at the farm because our sprayer <laughs> is 10 feet wide so that's perfect okay. and then our our fertilizer spreader is probably closer to that 20 foot wide and so then i can just switch to like a 20 foot wide put my phone in the middle of the ranger and <laughs> then i can track like where we've been fertilizing and spraying yep that, that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess to clarify, so that is, so this might kind of ruin your plans there, but, um, the 10 foot, 40 foot and 20 foot is, is, um, essentially a radius. So, Oh, so I'd have to be a little careful. The center. Yeah. It will, it'll work for your 20 footer at yeah. the 10 foot setting, but. Okay. Well, I could just turn it off and use my line, but yeah, it was a really cool feature. So no, it was great. And then I liked the, the icons where you can put like a left, right icon down because yeah. With my other apps, um, you just put a shed, like a shed to shed. And it's usually like there's not even a species shed on other right. apps. So that was super nice. But then to be able to play like left side, right side, and then, you know, when I match that one up, I could like set the match and then it draws yeah. that like distance line and shows you like where it was. Ironically, it was the same exact elevation just farther down the ridge, which I guess that's not ironic. That's what probably most people would expect, but – yeah, no, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, no, that's exactly the way you use the app. Um, and uh, like you said, it, it's dedicated to the to the shed hunter. Um, so those features are going to revolve around that experience and helping you track, you know, your your sets and, and sides and everything. So that's exciting to hear. I'm happy to see that that was all put to use and it and uh, hopefully it improved your shed hunting experience in New Mexico. It, I mean, it was great. Yeah, for sure, definitely helped. The, the resolution on the maps was really nice. Like you could see if I would have used 3d, I could have really seen the shelves and the mesas we were trying to hit. But even just with the resolution, I could tell like where the shelf was going to be and whether or not I could cross it or if it was like a cliff. Um, Yeah. So that helped. I'm actually, I'm not a Western shed hunter yet. I'm just a guy that went on a trip, but I'm a very avid whitetail shed hunter. So I'm really excited to move all of my shed pins over. And even though like, I'm probably not going to get the just like, the full use of like the snow lines and everything, just the shed matching feature, like the left side, right side, and being able to match is going to be super insightful for how whitetails are using the properties that I shed hunt in the wintertime. Cause a lot of the stuff I hunt is flat. So there is no like elevation band to stay on where all the animals are at. So it's, it can be a lot, like, especially if you don't have like a great food source, it's going to be really, it can be really hard to understand like how these, deer using your property so i think that's going to be huge for even like a a whitetail shed hunter in the midwest just to be able to track a left side and a right side make the match and then that app just stores that information forever otherwise over the years you got a map of pins everywhere from all the sheds you found over time and you have no idea which pin was for which match and that's exactly what we're trying to achieve um so on that point you know with with the shed match uh feature uh, obviously it draws the line and you can see that visually on your map, but with the, the update, you know, prior to, to hopping on you know, what we're talking about with the, the new update that we come, have coming out in two weeks, you'll have the data behind that, that visualization, which will be the, the distance between those and then the average distance. So the way you'll be able to do it is you'll be able to organize. And this, again, this is what our, our vision is for the shed hunter is to take all of that information that you have in your map and actually bring insights out of it. Yeah. Cause like you said, you have so many pins and it's, it's great because you can, you know, on, on a visual basis, you can see where the activity is happening, where you're finding sheds, but there's so much more depth to that story that we can pull from that information. And that's what we want to present to the user. So again, going back to this shed match feature, you match your sides, it shows the left and the right. So you can see where those are dropping, right? You seem connected. So you can see where that pair was and, and, and get an idea of where that, that particular buck was dropping and, or, you know, whatever the species is elk, you know, out here. And then you have the, the actual 
data and, and values associated with that. So you'll be able to organize those into shed hunts and then get the average spread or, and, and then the standard deviation for those spreads between those set matches. So, you know, if you on average out of the, the bucks that you find in a particular property, you have those organized into a shed hunt and then you can get the average spread between those sets for those, you know, four or five bucks that you've picked up. Right. Right. So now you have yeah. an average value of, you know, a spread that we call it, um, or separation from, from side to side of, you know, let's say, you know, 60 feet or 80 feet, whatever. Right. And then you have the standard deviation of that to kind of give you an idea of how, um, you know, accurate that is amongst all the bucks that you have Yeah. organized into that shed hunt. Yeah. So say, say the average is, you know, 60 feet, but it's a plus or minus 30 feet. So you can use that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start, you know, I have these, this data it's shed season. Again, you find a side, you know, or left side, you can consider based on the historical data that you have now in your app that within a 60 foot radius plus or minus 20 feet, right. You could be probably expecting to find the other side. And so you can kind of operate on that basis. Yeah. Uh, and it just helps again, bring the, so much more to the story than just having markers on your map. Yeah. I suppose like even in season, like in a single season, say you're at 10 sheds, you found three matches, right? So you got four singles and you're on your farm and you're like, okay, on the three matches, like we're talking 150 feet. Yeah. Like plus or minus 30 feet. Like, so it's like these four or these three bucks weren't moving that far, like 60 yards. So I should be like dialing in my circle on these other four signals because, you know, why would, you know, one deer be moving farther? You know, maybe we got a strong anchoring feature on our farm, whether it's cover or food, that's really mm -hmm. keeping these deer in one spot. Like I know I can, you know, or flip side, like maybe I'm hitting public and there's like 600 yards in between each of these deer's antlers because right. they keep getting pushed by people. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to have to cast a way wider net and just pray. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at least you have something to, to work off of. Yeah. And it's not just like, you know, hearsay or some, some advice that you got from somebody that you ran into, you know, at the oh, gas station. God. It's your data. You have, you know, it's, it's, it's empirical evidence yeah. <laughs> based on what you found in the past that you're building off of. And then that, that grows over time. So, I mean, you have that shed hunt, those markers organized and you keep finding and adding to that shed hunt. Uh, is what we call it, right? So on other apps, it's called folders or mm. uh, tags or whatever, right? Um, that that builds and compounds that information, and it makes it that much more um, significant, you know, in terms of you know statistics, yeah, with respect to you know finding sheds, and and then our ultimate vision, um, you know, stepping out of shed hunting is is being able to, and this is more applicable to. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it, it is pretty applicable to you guys out there on the private property, but for, for public, you know, if that translates into information for hunting season, because if you're following, you're finding the same size of a buck or you're seeing mm. activity in these areas, um, you know, you get a tag, an LTC tag or whatever for these areas that you're shed hunting in. Um, that's information that isn't isolated just to shed hunting. Yeah. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there is insights that you can make to help with hunting. Um, for sure. I think it would be super helpful for like a land manager, which is ironic because me and my wife just bought a farm with 40 acres here in Minnesota. And so we're going to be starting our, you know, our own land management journey. You know, I've, my family's owned farms my entire childhood. So we've always been doing it on the family farms, but you know, that, that was the next question I was going to ask is like this longer vision is there any ideas for how to track like an animal through multiple shed seasons? Like this is the freak bull or the spider bull. And we've got four years of sheds off this one bull. And now we, not only can we match and see like left side, right side matches, but we can see like his 2020 shed locations his 2021 shed locations yeah, and start to like exactly. paint this picture. Maybe like where you're seeing him go lower and lower on the bad winners and higher, but it's always on this line. So now we know, if we've got six feet of snow, he's going to be like in this area. But if we have 20 feet of snow, like you guys got this year, he's going to be way down here farther. Yep. No, hundred percent. Yeah. So like I said, I, the ultimate vision is the experience that we're creating for shed hunting. Um, 
will also translate into hunting. So right now we have it just for shed hunts as the, the foundation, you know, structure of this experience in the app. Um, that same experience will apply to what we're calling going to be calling animal profiles. Okay. So again, a folder for a particular animal, that's a profile for that animal. So your shed hunting data can be duplicated into that, right? So when you say you find an antler, um, you, you organize that into a shed hunt. And then later you find, you know, uh, his, his other side. And then you realize, okay, there's a, there's a particular animal, you know, it's a really, really nice bowl. You want to keep an eye on They're fresh. So now you have a shed hunt version and then you can create an animal profile and you can tag or, or, you know, organize those markers into your shed hunt and then tag that also into your animal profile. So you're still tracking your shed hunt information, uh, as its own, um, folder, I guess, while also tracking that same information, but specifically for that particular bowl that you want to follow. And you know, that, that animal profile will also include any other information you want to tag to it. If you actually spot the bull, where you spotted them, you know, other, other markers that are not related to shed hunting per se. Um, so that's more, you know, aggregated to other things or other markers or other types. Um, whereas your shed hunting might be specific to just shed hunting in general. Um, but yeah, so that's the idea is being able to organize your data and then, and customize it for you to, again, create a story and find out what the story is that, that you're your markers are telling you. Yeah, that's what I'm really excited for. I think that's going to be huge for for whitetail hunters, and I would expect most of the people that listen to this podcast have probably a base foundation of being a whitetail hunter that likes to go out west and hunt out in the west as well. But like being able to to really track a buck, like one animal, one buck sheds their number one hit lister, where he shed this year, where he shed last year, and being able to draw those connections of like, you know his overall shed zone is only 300 yards. Like this is where he winters. Like we have right. multiple years where there's not another app in the market that does that. Now you can put pins and you can label the name, but you still have to like click into each pin to figure out which one was his. And if you find a lot of antlers right. pretty soon, that's just going to look like a maze. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the issue is the more data you have, it almost gets the worse. Problems you get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah, with so. your system, the more data you have, the better it gets. Correct. That's the idea. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So the last time we talked, you mentioned that since you did this, you actually don't get to shed hunt quite as much because you're so busy running the business. Have you got out yet this year at all? I haven't. No. Yeah. No, this, uh, it's, it, like I said, it is ironic. The, the shed hunt that we're doing, um, is very consuming and obviously it happens during shed season. Um, so it's kind of a give and take, uh, some of our, our team members have gone out. Um, particularly, uh, it's a good excuse to go test the app and the new features while offline. Uh, so that's what they'll go do is go shed hunt. Uh, so that's beneficial for them. Um, but you know, I've been traveling a lot. We, like we just had the, the, um, Idaho moose paddle was found. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of traveling back and forth between Idaho and, and Utah there, um, getting, you know, meeting the winner for that. And, uh, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty chaotic and, and busy. So for me personally, I haven't been able to get out, but fortunately our, our team has, so that's, awesome. that's a plus. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the shed hunt. I'm obviously, I know all about it because we've talked before and, and I've been following the story, but for people that haven't, have no idea what you're talking about right now, give them the rundown. Yeah. So, uh, we're running our, our second consecutive 50 K or $50,000 Bitcoin shed hunt. Um, so last year we just did one $50,000 shed. It was found in Southern Utah. This year we're doing five individual sheds, each one worth $10,000 in cash or $10,000 in Bitcoin up to the winner. Um, so those five sheds were in Idaho, or one, you know, one in each state, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, and New Mexico. Um, and then on May 1st, we had released the riddles for Idaho, Utah, Nevada. Um, those are all still going ongoing except for Idaho, which was found in four days. So that was, that was a huge surprise for us. Um, each riddle is really unique to each state and the way it's set up. So it, it is kind of, a um, uh, not a risk, but a, uh, you know, we never know what we're going to get, you know, it's very, uh, random in terms of how the shed hunters of each state will be able to interpret a riddle. 
uh, especially for the states that, you know, um, we may not be as familiar with. Um, I'm very familiar with Idaho and I don't know if that was, that was part of the, the issue. Cause I, I'm, I'm the one who wrote the riddle for Idaho. Um, so I, I don't know if there was like some, some psychological bias where I was like, I don't want to be like super hard. Uh, I want to make this, you know, yeah, you, wanna, you want people to find them. Yeah, weren't exactly. necessarily planning on four days, but you want people to find them. Exactly, and then I guess I just went a little too far in the other way. But I also don't want to discredit the fact that you know a lot of these guys are just smart and they're able to look at the map, break down information, and and make it happen. So we we are very excited for the winner uh, who is out of Idaho Falls, Idaho, Eastern Idaho. Um, so it, it was it is exciting, and you know, and it it just goes to show that. It, it is legitimate. You know, if you find the shed, you know, you got $10,000. So, um, we're rooting through everybody else. And, you know, again, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, and, and Utah, the four remaining sheds, um, rooting for those to, who are looking for them to find them. So, so tell people, first of all, tell people, what are they looking for? I mean, I know that you're not going to mistake this for something else, but like describe what these antlers look like. Yeah, and, and you can you can find pictures of these on our, our site and our, our social media pages, but um, they are actual shed antlers that were donated to us um, from some you know partners that we work with. Um, there was one moose paddle, which was the one that was found in Idaho, two elk sheds, and two mule deer sheds, um, and they were all um, had some amazing artwork done by them by um, Jeff Peterson, who's known as Bone Tats on social media. Um, he does really, really cool carvings and paintings on, on sheds and, 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 uh, deadheads and animals. Um, so, but these ones in particular have really cool engravings. They have our logo on them. They have the Bitcoin logo on them. Um, some other items on there, uh, they're painted black. Um, so they're definitely different from what you'd be looking for, uh, in, in a standard shed hunting trip. Um, but, uh, they're very unique and identifiable. Um, and again, you can kind of get an idea of what those look like, what the actual sheds look like on our on our page. Yeah, yeah, they look sweet. I I can't wait. I'm hoping that you guys do this long enough that there comes a day where some random shed hunter that has no idea about the giveaway finds one, and they're like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, so the other four states are still live, right? You said, was it New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and, oh, shoot, I forgot the last one. What was the Nevada. last one? Nevada. Okay. Yeah. So you got the Southwest. Um, and, and the way you guys run this, right, everything is following, especially like a year like this, you're following guidelines, closures. Like no one has to do anything illegal to find one of these sheds. You don't have to corner yeah. hop. You don't have to trespass. They're all on public. All on public land, yep. You don't That's release right. the hints until the season's open anyway. So if you find it, before season opens, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, uh, I don't know how they would, if that did happen, uh, well, that would be the luck. Like they're just out there shed hunting and then they stumble across yeah. one, but you shouldn't have been out there anyway because the season's not open. It's in, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that would fall under, um, those closures, uh, because it's not, um, a standard shed anymore. Um, it really, the, 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 the whole, contest falls under you know the, the the regulations of geocaching essentially um so i'm not sure whether to have that discussion would be but we've we've been in contact with the agencies out here the public land agencies um and you know for example in utah the dnr or dwr um to make sure that you know we're making it fair for the the shed hunters and also fair for all the other outdoorsmen that that don't participate so yeah um and for those who are managing the land. So, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's all in the clear. Um, and, uh, we're happy to, to work with the agencies to make it fun for everybody. Yeah. Is there uh is there any, so like, so scout to hunt is firmly rooted in the West, right? It's a Western yep. shed hunting scouting app. Is there any kind of back burner ideas to maybe start expanding, maybe even into the front range States, um, Eastern Colorado, Eastern Wyoming, Eastern Montana, maybe the Dakotas on like a white, trying to get more, uh, market in the whitetail space than just solely like elk, mule deer, moose. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have information on, 
you know, whitetail, for example, uh, you know, for game range layers, we have the markers in there for whitetail. Uh, we have blacktail, uh, you know, sheds. Oh, well, we will. Sorry, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. We will have blacktail sheds. If we were to expand, um, it would most likely be, uh, you know, the, the PNW and, and the West okay. first. So California, uh, Washington, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've had a ton of requests for um, the Dakotas. Uh, obviously, since we're right, you know, we already have Montana. Uh, from there, it, it would just lead to the Midwest. Yeah. I don't know if we'd ever do reach out far east it's hard to say i mean like that, that would be definitely down the road yeah um but um our, our next step would be the, the the pacific west okay so start with the pacific west get that covered then maybe slowly like just expand the border across like what would be the dakotas nebraska kansas see if there makes sense to go that next level of like iowa yeah. missouri you know see where the line is i feel like yeah. i feel like people just using what you have today without any other like different feature sets would still find incredible value on their farm in Illinois. Just well, matching up really, left side, right yeah. side. The, the, what yeah. we talked last time you had just released shed efficiency. So how fast you're walking versus like how much ground are you covering versus how many sheds are you finding and trying to dial that in. If you're in some bad ground, you want to walk faster. If you're in great ground, you want to slow up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that I, I may have misspoke. That that's what's coming out here in the next two weeks. The shed okay. efficiency will be part of the the new um, stat suite. But uh, yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head, and that is. So we are focused on the West, where the Western Shed Hunters app is, you know, how we identify ourselves. Um, that pertains to the layer data. So all the layer data that we have is is. Uh, isolated to those states mm-hmm. and we don't do it state by state like other maps do you know you have that information for all eight western states at once um but the uh the features outside of the map layers like you said the markers the 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 stats all that information the free 3d map although that won't necessarily mean anything you know out out in the midwest but um, all that is is usable at, to the basic user, regardless of of the map layers that are isolated to the west. So, like you said, there is still value for those who are you know avid shed hunters who want to gather those stats and make sense of their their shed hunting data. They can absolutely do that in the Scout to Hunt app. Yeah. So here, I got a question for you. We probably have to like put you on the spot a little bit, but walk us through how someone, say from Minnesota, like myself that wants to go out west and try to find an antler, right? How Walk us through how they could, you know, go get Scout to Hunt. You got free plans, you got paid plans. Obviously, there's a ton of different options you can do. But how could someone download that app? And let's just pick a state, you know, whether it's Utah, New Mexico. Let's pick New Mexico because there's not shed regulations. There's a healthy herd. So they know they're going to New Mexico. But how could they use the app to maybe dial in where they go? Because that's going to be a huge hurdle to overcome as a flatlander doing your first trip. If you don't know anybody, it's like, okay, I know how to get to New Mexico, but what do I do when I'm there? Like, how do I, how do I know where to walk? Like, what could, what could someone do with the Scout to Hunt app to kind of narrow in where to start walking? And then, you know, obviously from there, you just got to be a hunter. Are you seeing signed? You have to go, you know, make some changes. But how would, how would that look like using the Scout to Hunt app? Yeah, that's an amazing question. Yeah. So one of the, the layers that we have, um, again, that are isolated to the Western states is the shed regs layer is what we call it. Okay. Uh, so that layer identifies which areas in each state uh, or the whole state are either restricted uh, for the season. Um, so that that shows on the map. And then, you know, at this time, they're all green. They're all open. Um, but that also has um, a a panel, I guess what you call it of information. So you can, when you, so say you're going to New Mexico, you can apply the shed regs layer, uh, to your map, and then you can tap on, uh, the, the title for that area in New Mexico. You can open that layer essentially, and it opens a screen that has information about that state, uh, regulations on shed hunting. If there are any or restrictions, um, how to report deadheads if they have restrictions on that. Uh, but it also has, uh, information from, other shed hunters, uh, basically tips about how to go about shed hunting in that state. Uh, so that would be the first start. 
Um, you have experienced shed hunters sharing, you know, uh, ideas of how to start and what to look for and what to expect for that particular state. So you'll get different tips and information from New, for in New Mexico, uh, from, you know, Idaho or Montana where the shed hunting, um, little is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so that'd be step number one, uh, step number two, it, again, like you already, uh, mentioned would be just, um, hunting prowess, right. And expertise in terms of how to research an animal where to expect to find animals. So if you're, you're wanting to find an elk shed, having, you know, information about elk in general is going to help. And you can couple that with our game ranges layer. Um, understanding where the winter ranges are versus the summer ranges or overall ranges, those you can apply. Uh, that's a free layer in the, in the scout to hunt app. So that'll, that alone will help isolate, um, areas to go, uh, to start, you know, making a sh plans for a shed trip. Mm. Now that's kind of the more of the macro aspect of it. Yeah. Then once you get out there, um, or, you know, you're getting close to your trip, you can apply the elevations layer. Right. And, and obviously if you're just starting it, uh, it's not as easy cause you don't have previous, you know, shed data to right. show what ranges they're, you know, you're finding sheds in, but you can, you know, based on your, your prior knowledge of, of elk or whatever species you're, you're looking to shed hunt for, um, you can use that as a starting point within the elevations band, knowing what, you know, in general, what elevations that they winter in. Um, and then apply that that range to your map. Yeah. So you have on a macro level, okay, here's the ranges, here's the winter range or the ranges that they'll most likely be in. I'm gonna go look in this area. Now I'm looking at specific elevation ranges to start in. Um, so that's a good starting point. Then once you get out there and start finding some sheds, you're gonna wanna leverage that that data to, to carry on. Yeah, and then with your elevation bands, we talked, there. you have some information on snow depth in the app, right? We don't. No, not yet. Okay, not yet. That was a future, future thing. Yeah, that's something in the pipeline we definitely want. Um, obviously, be related to to the ranges, uh, but uh, we don't have that in the app. Okay, but that would be something that a user could just you know use their intelligence and say, okay, I got the state. I know I'm legal. I know what I need to do to report a deadhead, or if I can take it at all, you know. So I know I'm safe, right? And now I know where the winter range is. Now you know that that alone, especially in a state like Wyoming is going to cut out half the state. I mean, yeah. you know, so, okay, pick a winter range. Pick a winter range that's got lots of public access. Mm -hmm. Now I start to think, okay, what was the winter, what's the winter been like out here? And there's a lot of apps out there. Other, you know, you can go to NOAA, I think it is, and look at the snow depths out west and be like, okay, we got a lot of snow. You know, then yeah. you just put two and two together. Okay, a lot of snow, they're probably going to be a little lower than usual. And then, yep. you, can, and then you can start. And then you make adjustments, you know, us whitetail hunters, our adjustments look like, well, they're not in the woods. Let's go check the food plot. Well, they're not in the food plot. Let's go check the swamp. You know, we're, we're switching areas. Where are they wintering? Well, out there, it sounds like you're more so adjusting your elevations, right? For are sure. they lower? Are they higher? Not necessarily. Yeah. They're going to be on this mountain range somewhere, on this front range. We just got to figure out what elevation. Yeah, so like you said, you know, in consideration of snow levels, um, you know, in your more macro research, That'll, like I said, that'll give you a, a good indication of what elevation bands you want to show on your map. And you can isolate those, right? So in the map or in the app, you don't have to show all, you know, seven bands at once, which makes your map look really busy. You can just isolate just one of those. And it really uh, highlights where you can be focusing. It makes it a lot easier, especially in a 3D uh, perspective. Like, okay, this is like a really good spot to, to start grading and start looking. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Um we should we should get together next next spring and do like a little a little event where like a flatlander like myself like does a YouTube show or series on like exclusively using Scout to Hunt to find a state, find an area, find like all this stuff, then go out, put it to the test and then do a shed hunt and like show like okay, this is how I use the app coming from like no experience in this state. Like right. I didn't ask any buddies. I didn't like meet up with a friend. Like I'm just doing it all as an example of what a flatlander with no experience can do and then go do it and hopefully find a ton of sheds. Obviously like if we didn't find anything, then we'd probably have to start over and try again, but that'd be really fun. Like a little fun project to do um, next, next year. Cause 
this year I'm already focused on food plots. I mean, it's like summer here in Minnesota, and you guys probably still digging yourself out of snow. Yeah, there is still some snow. Um, but, yeah, shed season two is going to be coming to kind of a, a close, um, you know, here in June. But, I yeah, I, I love that idea. I think that would be really exciting. Yeah, it'd be a fun series. I mean, you see people doing, like, shed hunting, you got to – you got to be talented to make it exciting to watch. It's it's incredibly fun to do. Sometimes it isn't the most fun thing to watch. And so you right. see people doing all kinds of fun series, like Ben doing the fifty the, the Sheds of America tour where mm-hmm. he's trying to drive around and find a shed in every state, which I heard that, and I'm like, that's ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave yeah. himself two years to do it, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, it's just fun things you can do to make interesting content, which I think a lot of people listening to this podcast would be like, oh, that's what I want to see. I want to see someone start from nothing and, and f- do it and show success so it's relevant to my position because I'm, you know, I'm not a Utah native. I can't watch these animals all winter long. I don't have a bunch of buddies that know where to go. You know, I, it'd be on my own. So I think that would really show the relatability of, like, what they could do. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that really hits on a good point where there are people um, that would be interested in, in, you know, going shed hunting, but they don't have, you know, maybe they're the only ones in their family that, that are interested or they don't have the friends, um, you know, it, nearby or don't have the friends that want to shed hunt at all. Right. But they do. And so that can be kind of daunting, um, just like it would be, you know, trying to do that a hunt on your own. Right. Or, you know, being the first in your family to start hunting. Um, so, yeah, we the, the way we built the app is to basically serve that purpose as well as is is allowing somebody to who wants to start shed hunting figure out where to start and you know get into it and and like you said once you start doing it and you find your first shed uh it's hard to stop it's really fun to do um so that that is uh, a a big goal of ours to to make that you know facilitate that or bridge that gap for those who don't have that support elsewhere yeah yeah it is it's man it is addicting i mean some people just don't get it and i i i don't understand but you know i ever since i picked up my very first shed at a food plot in our farm i've been hooked ever since and then going out west this year for the first time i found a couple elk sheds archery elk hunting but never like we're going west to elk shed hunt and then finding sheds i mean that was a game changer and we brought along, it was me and a buddy, uh, Dan Matthews, who used to be the host of this podcast, and Dan brought a cameraman. This cameraman had never even tried to shed hunt, never found an antler, never gone, didn't get it, didn't, like, he's like, I, you know, I, I don't know, I guess we'll see what it's like, like, what is it? And that's so why I'm showing him all these pictures along the way, because Dan Matthews was still pretty new to shed hunting in general, too. He'd found some turkey hunting and, you know, at his farms, but not like I've done. So I'm sending... Chris and he's in the back seat. I'm showing them all these pictures of like what shed hunting's like. Well, they're all from North Dakota in February, so it's like two feet of snow. My dogs like yeah. plowing through snow banks, and and I'm like frosted beard and everything. And he's like, "Wait a second, is it going to be snow down there? Like, I, you guys didn't tell me where we're going, what the weather's going to be like. Well, we didn't know because we were going with a, a guy from Colorado, so we didn't know if we're going to be what state we're going to be in, how high. Mm-hmm. So we're like, I don't know, just pack like you're going hiking or something he's like i did not pack for snow and i'm like well i don't think it's gonna be snow in new mexico but we could be wrong i don't know and he's like and then i packed my sleeping bag my sleeping bag i only have like one real sleeping bag so i brought this huge negative 10 degree browning mckinley bag and i throw it in the truck he's like wait a second that's your sleeping bag like i am not prepared for this trip if it's gonna be that cold so he has double bagging and um wearing all of his sweatpants and jackets to bed and he had an interesting he had an interesting week well he follows us around with his camera for three days walking and he didn't find anything we kind of struggled off the bat and so I'm sure he's thinking like wow this is really fun guys like we drove from I drove from Minnesota to New Mexico to walk around in the woods and not really find much but we finally got him a shed um on the last day he was sitting on a rock doing a business call stands up turns around and goes oh hey look at that and then he just finishes his conversation for like 20 minutes and doesn't even pick it up. And it was buried and it was buried in a way that it could have been like the seventh time on a monster bull. Oh yeah. And so they're so excited. They start digging, they pull it out. It's the world's smallest four point raghorn. <laughs> like the entire 
raghorn shed was only like 10 to 12 inches tall and it had like f- it was a distinct four pointer like the i mean two inch fronts like i've never seen this small of a four point shed so i don't really know if we converted them to a shed hunter or not on this trip but we got the cameraman a shed <laughs> at the start yeah yeah no it, it it does um you know to everyone their own um and obviously it varies with even within the shed hunting community in terms of, you know, those who just like to do it, like go find a couple of sheds a few years, you know, every, or for the year and, and, you know, they're good. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have those who just like, can't stop going looking for sheds. Like they just have to pick up every single one that they find and, and they're, you know, hauling out, you know, 20 sheds every time. Um, so it, it definitely varies in terms of the the passion for it, but it is, it's just very, uh, a very unique experience. Um, and like I kind of always said, it's a grow man's, uh, you know, Easter egg hunt, where it's just the anticipation of not knowing what you'll find. Um, you know, it's always good to, to find something, even if it's, you know, like, you, uh, you know, a tiny four point <laughs> mystery shed or, um, you know, a massive seven point, you know, bullshed, whatever it's, uh, I think it's just really exciting to find, you know, the anticipation of finding something really unique that, that drives a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost out there. It was almost cool because I had no idea. Like when we shed hunt our own farms, I'm like, well, I kind of know what bucks are here and not a lot of them made it through the winter. A lot of them got shot. So I'm not expecting much or, or there's a big buck that I'm going after him alone. But out there, it was like a wild card. We could find anything. Um, yeah. I, I call him the guide, but Steven, the local that we met up with, he found a beautiful hard white four-point deer shed, probably mid-160s caliber. So that was a nice, nice deer shed. And then he yeah. found like a really nice five-point brown for New Mexico. I mean, he warned us like, hey, we're not going to find a lot of, tr- you know, Boone and Crockett's in the part of New Mexico we're going. We're not going in the Gila um yeah and so we but he did find probably a 280 to 300 inch brown five point shed which was like a really really nice antler that's yeah that's rewarding no doubt yeah so we had a good time on the way back my the last day my dog got sick really sick which was i'm sorry to hear that terrible uh for us not him i mean oh yeah i I, I can see that (laughs) well i knew he would probably run out of steam by the end of the hunt and so the last day i wasn't gonna hunt him well, he had like a small accident in the tent in the middle of the night, which is really strange. He doesn't have middle of the night accidents, but our cameraman wakes me up in the middle of the night and he's like, Brian, I think your dog needs to go outside. I'm like half asleep. I'm like, what do you mean? Like what, what's going on? He's like, well, he just shit in the bed. And I'm like, wait, what? Does he have to go outside or did he just take a shit? I don't <laughs> What are you telling me? And he's like, no, he definitely crapped over there by the door. So I had to clean that up. That went fine. Well, now I'm, like, kind of worried. Like, he doesn't do that. Like, does he have, like, dehydration or, like, what's going on? So I decided to leave him in the truck for the last day of the hunt. Because he can usually go, like, 12 hours without going to the bathroom. I let him out before. Mm-hmm. We're only going to be gone, like, eight hours. Well, I shouldn't have I, – I don't know what I should have done. I probably should have just got a dog sitter and didn't bring him. But he's a shed dog, so I wanted to bring him on the shed hunt. Well, he got sick again in the backseat of the truck. And mm. long story short, I threw away most of my seat covers and just ordered new ones. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, the guys got back to the truck before me. I was the last one to get back to the truck. And they were, like, gagging and just back by the tailgate, like, wouldn't even, like, open the door. They let the dog oh. out, but there was it, we had to do some cleaning. Well, luckily, I had a, a bottle of uh, scent killer left in my toolbox from last fall bow hunting. And we drained the entire bottle of it, spraying the backseat of my truck with scent killer. And it actually worked pretty darn well. By the time we got back, we couldn't even smell it anymore. Oh, good. Well, at least you had that. <laughs> yeah. That's helpful. It was, and the seat covers. The seat covers were huge. Like, they captured most of it, and we just threw them out, put them in garbage bags, and took care of it later. But, yeah. I don't know. Sounds like my whitetail shed dog really isn't fit for the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, I uh, – yeah, that that would be that's an eventful shed trip. It was a it was a wild shed trip all the way around. Uh, we camped in a spot, and some other guy was there, and apparently he was. You must know Rise and Shed, uh, yeah, Wes MacArthur. Yep. He introduced himself as I'm the guy that won the Wes MacArthur Shed giveaway in March, and we're like, 
okay, well, what's your name? Like, <laughs> kind of a, he must have been, re- must have been really happy to win that because he talked about that. Like, he found a way to weave it into every sentence. Um, so, that's awesome. Yeah, but that's just small awesome. world. I'm like, I had Wes on a podcast like the week before we came down here. Maybe he knew, maybe he saw that episode and he, uh, I was trying to get in a connection with you. Maybe. my uh, We just bought this farm. The home inspector goes, hey, were you just in New Mexico shed hunting? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I saw that vid- YouTube video. And I'm like, okay, this is wild. And that's exciting. Yeah. Very cool. You're one of the 400 people that clicked on that video. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good trip. I need to do – the only thing that the trip did for me is confirm that I want to go shed hunting in the West like every year multiple times if I can. Yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah, I, there's no argument against that. I, I mean, like I said, once you get out there, um, I mean, even depending on where you go, I, there's just so much beautiful country too. I mean, even if you come out with a couple raghorns, like you still have a, you know, a really good time. Um, it, it's more than likely that you'll find more than raghorns, but, but yeah, it's just a, it's a really, really cool springtime, activity for a hunter um i it's uh like you said some people don't get it and and i i can understand them um but i definitely understand the ones that do get it yeah have you so you guys have been up and running for a few years now have have you started to get stories coming in of users where they're like any that stick out where they're like hey i found this monster shed and man we went like back six times and used the app and we were tracking and setting grid lines and then eventually matched them up. And like, do you ever get some of those like stories coming in all the time? Yeah, no, that's really exciting. And especially with this, the release of the online, the free online and then the the offline 3d, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our users are sending in, you know, screenshots of the app where they're showing their tracks and the pins of of the, the markers that they're, or the the markers of the, the sheds that they're finding. Uh, along their track, you know, they're covering, you know, this ridge line to this ridge line and seeing that in the map and 3d, uh, and the success that they're having and how excited they are. It's, it's really rewarding for yeah. sure. Does that like make you want to get out and use the app yourself then? Yeah, no, it definitely does. <laughs> and like I said, our, our, you know, our teammates that, uh, love to go test the app, uh, so they can go shed hunt, you know, they're sending us the same. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really exciting too, because, you know, obviously with the business, you, 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 you know, within your team, you have some bias, but you get to those points where you're, you're using it, uh, just as a user, you know, like, you know, regardless of the fact that you're involved with the, with the development of it. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, there's those moments where it's like, this is dope. Like, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> like this worked out really well. I would buy, I would pay for this, you know, those, those honest moments. Um, and then that's validated by those who are, we're sharing the same sentiment and it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely will keep the app because it was, it was phenomenal for shed hunting. Like I told you last time, I'm going to switch all of my shed hunting stuff over to scout to hunt, whether it's flatland or in the mountains, just to keep it all in one spot and to get features that are dedicated for shed hunting. Like you said, yeah, hundred percent. The matching. And and on that point, you know, we currently don't have an import feature. Um, We do plan on, on on building one. Uh, So, you know, you can, at bulk export and import um, your markers from other apps into the Scott Hunt app. Uh, the one downside to that, though, is um, the other apps uh, don't export uh, the metadata with their markers. So uh, they only export like the name and the G- GPS location. Oh. So if you have shed markers in another app, um, you know, like you said, they have like a generic version it won't show up as a shed marker in scout to hunt. It'll show up as a generic because there's no information associated with that, that marker. Once you export it from the other app, they just share the name and the GPS location, um, which is a bummer. Um, and but we can understand why they do that, but to be um, fair. They don't have a lot of metadata behind their shed icons and other apps anyway. Like you're not losing much really. Yeah. It just, it, the downside is like, say you have, you know, 600 shed markers and another app those 600 shed markers will show up as generic markers in scout to hunt and you'll have to still manually update those 
uh, or change those to the shed marker type that we have in, in our app. Could Is there a way, I mean, that we're probably getting into the weeds of software developer, but I'm an electrical engineer, so I like this stuff. Is there a way yeah. where, like, when you do your bulk import, you can just select, like, what icon do you want all of these to be? And it's just, just make them a general shed. Like That's a great point. No, that's a great point. We could definitely work on and getting that integrated to that experience. Because that's all it... If that's all you're really getting out of these other apps anyway is just a picture of an antler on your icon. Like you're not getting left side, right side. You're not getting any match data. Right. Hopefully right. they have date and time that they'll export for you. I think they should have that. It doesn't. From what we understand and what we've read in their export process, it's just the name um, and the GPS location. Okay. Well, uh, it's probably past season. Let us know. It's, I know Onyx the default name is like waypoint and then it's the date and the time is the default name. But who, I mean, if someone starts changing names up, then it, it, that all goes out the window. I always like just delete waypoint the text and put in a new name, but leave that date and time as a part of the name. So maybe oh, okay. you could get really get into in the weeds. Case, yeah. yeah. From our understanding, they, they export the name that you have yeah. and then the GPS location. So if you have that information in the name, then that's helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So on that point though, like for you, if you're doing a bulk ex export or import and you're able to, to tag all those as a whitetail, that, that makes sense. But for somebody out West who has moose paddles, coos deer, uh, mule deer, elk, whatever, um, it'd be a little bit of a different story because you wouldn't be able to. Well, yes and no, you're, you're, you're not, they won't be farther behind because Onyx still only has one antler, I believe. I th yeah, I think they have two. I think they have an elk and a deer. Maybe they added I the elk lately. When I started, it was just shed. And so, right. you know, you're not really going. And then if they did add the elk, I mean, you would just maybe have to do batches, right? Like, here's all my elk sheds. I'm going to upload all yeah, these at once. Yeah, that's a good once. point. Yeah, you and, can leave it up to the user. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. But to be fair, like, I'm at so many whitetail sheds. I could tell you where I found a couple of these big ones, but I wouldn't even need a map to tell you. But some of them, it's like, I don't remember which pin this was. I found 19 sheds that day. One of them was this big one, but, you know, it's right. it's more so for the whitetail guys just to like, okay, this is a good farm. We usually find them in this shelter belt or, you know. Yeah, I think you'd still be money ahead by exporting them into, into Scout to Hunt for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so we'll, we're... Uh... That's definitely in the pipeline is, is getting that import feature. Yeah, that's a good off-season project too. I mean, for you definitely. guys, but like I'm probably not going to do that in the middle of a shed trip anyway. Like I'll do right. that in August when I'm bored. Um, so that one's probably like a good back burner project for you guys. Yeah, no, that, that definitely is. Well, we definitely want to have that uh, ready for by next season for sure. Yeah. So um, we're coming up close to an hour already it's crazy how fast time flies and you're talking about shed hunting <laughs> do you guys have the next hint ready to drop because uh, this will drop tuesday uh may 16th if you're listening to this and so because you guys are like systematically updating people with hints and clues and riddles for the remaining four states right yeah every thursday every, every thursday, thursday a new hint comes out so um yeah, so Shedicated users, uh, which is our you know our upgraded plan in the Scout to Hunt app, they get hints one week early. So, for example, this Thursday, um, or this coming, or actually yeah, I used yesterday. So yesterday, a whole you know batch of, of hints came out for each of the four shed hunts. Um, those who are Shedicated got next week's hint yesterday, so they have a, a head start on on the hints. Um, so next. On the 18th, uh, when the next hint comes out, the hint that the Shedicated users got yesterday will be released to the basic users on this coming Thursday. Oh, awesome. So the, and so what, let's briefly touch on like, what's the main couple differences between the free version and the Shedicated version? Yeah, good question. So um, the, the primary differences right now are the advanced layer. So like the elevation bands layer, the slopes layer, um, which highlights, you know, south facing slopes or whatever, you know, cardinal slope or face that you want to uh, focus on. Um, the unpaved layer, which is a, a very useful and dispensable layer that highlights uh, four different classes of, of roads, off roads, um, and uh, is extremely useful, especially down 
you know, in, in the desert states uh, where you just have roads going every which direction, uh, that is all highlighted on, on your map. So it really, it's very, very beneficial. So that layer uh, is one of our advanced layers that's included in the, uh, the Shedicated version. Uh, uh, the big one, um, or one of the primary uh, benefits is the offline 3D. So for, for everyone, you can use online 3D um, you know, when you have signal, that's free. Um, but to take that 3D perspective uh, and experience offline, you don't have signal, um, you have to be a Shedicated user. Um, and then, you know, some other features are like the match set, like we were talking about earlier, uh, to match a set and see that visually matched on your on your map. That's a, a, a benefit for the Shedicated Shed Hunter. Um, and then here, once we release the new revamped suites or suite of stats, um, you know, average elevation data will be a part of that as well. Okay. And what's the, what's the, it's a yearly subscription, right? On the Shedicated? Yep. Yeah, annual subscription for twenty nine ninety nine. Okay, so it's like, if you're a shed hunter, it's a no brainer. Like, let's push put it that way. Like for thirty dollars, <laughs> like you're gonna find more sheds with the shedicated version. You're gonna have more fun with the tagging and the matching and all of the stuff. Like thirty dollars, come on guys, it's like a no brainer. Yeah. I got it for an Iowa shed hunt. <laughs> like, I was down at work in Iowa and I'm like, I'm going to walk for an hour after work tonight. And I just downloaded the shedicated version and ripped it and didn't find anything because the ground was, <laughs> but, but I used it out in New Mexico and it was phenomenal. So yeah, I, I didn't want to misspeak. I thought it was $30 a year, but I didn't want to misspeak, but it's like, I don't know, not expensive at all for how much time we spend doing like our favorite thing. Right. So yep. we, we agree. Okay. So the key is, if you're going to go try to find one of the Bitcoin antlers, the, the contest antlers, you're going to use Scott Hunt anyway because you're shed hunting, right? You're going to find other antlers. You're going to want to tag them. You might as well get the shedicated version so you get a, a jump start on the hints. And then yep. you can check the app every Thursday, right? So especially if you're out in the western states, you check it, you make your plans for the weekend, then you go hit the slopes. That's right. Yeah. And the, and so where, where do people – I'm assuming it's – uh, the Google Play Store, Apple Store, both devices. Yep, Android and iOS. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And the Scout to Hunt website, you can have a link to the download. Yep. Yep. ScoutToHunt.com. Awesome. Perfect. Go get yourself an app. Go get yourself a ten thousand dollar antler. They look badass, by the way. Those antlers. They look. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff uh, Peterson did an amazing job. If you yeah. guys ever want some help on a whitetail shed for the next year or a future year's competition. I'll, I will gladly help you guys find one, get on, get it colored, go place it, whatever whitetail state is. That's exciting. Yeah, no, we would, uh, we'd be happy to do that. Yeah. I think there's a big untapped market of the whitetail shed hunter that would love those tools that you talked about, the ones that you have and the ones that are coming. Yeah. The, the future is, is definitely exciting. We're, we're, you know, biting at, you know, at the bit there to, to get those out because we really do. No, we, we've been testing them internally and, uh, we're, we love them, you know, just as shed hunters. So awesome. Great. Well, thanks for being here, Brendan. I'm going to let you get back to your day. You probably sound like a busy dude with the, right in the middle of your, of the contest, but I'll let everyone give you one last chance to, to run through the socials and the website to make sure they know where to go to get plugged in to scout to hunt. Yeah. So our, our site is scout to hunt.com. It's all spelled out. Um, scout at scout hunt, uh, across the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and then scout to hunt, uh, in the app stores, uh, will be the quickest way to get your hands on the app. Awesome. And we will put a link to all three of those, um, in the show notes to this episode. So if you listened along and you want to get the app, just check out the show notes and we'll put a link to the app stores. And then the other, other thing before we head off is, uh, we'll be doing, although it kind of got a little, um, wonky with the, the Idaho shed being found, but you'll be giving the hint, uh, for Utah next week. Yeah. Yep. We'll do the Utah hint. We were, <laughs> we were all set up to do the Idaho hint and someone found the antler without a hint at all. So we were like, well, it doesn't really make sense to make the post anymore. A bunch of people are going to get confused. So we're going to do the the Utah hint on what Thursday, May 18th. Yep. So May 18th and it's, the hint goes live. You said it's seven mountain time. 
Yeah, yep, that's correct. Okay, so 7 Mountain Time will be up on the stories. We'll be posting. Um, go out there. Utah's got to be the wildest one, like the wildest state, the most, like, energized, passionate people chasing that antler. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's the uh, the shed hunting hub of the West, so. Yeah, it's awesome. I wish I lived in Utah some days, especially when I'm seeing people <laughs> holding up matching 400-inch sets yeah right i'm like Ew. that's how we all feel when they show those that, that, that's uh yeah not all of us get to experience that but yeah yeah well one of these years maybe i'll i'll go out to utah and find someone to take along with and find some big sheds yeah let's get it set up so, sounds good awesome well thanks for being here brandon and thank you for listening folks